0: Justin Trudeau calls the unvaccinated racist, misogynistic extremists. Meanwhile, Canada goes into lockdown again, proving once and for all that vaccine mandates do not work. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the program. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope everyone out there had a wonderful Christmas holiday. I hope you had the opportunity to spend some time with your family, with loved ones. And I hope that all of the craziness around COVID and the lockdowns uh, didn't disrupt your Christmas holiday too much at my household. My son, who's two years old, got COVID. He, he came down with COVID and we sort of did our best to make sure that he didn't infect the baby. We have a one-year-old as well. And you know, making sure that, that we could still sort of carry on, but it was it was definitely a low-key Christmas. We ba- basically barely left the house other than just to go for little walks here and there, uh, but it was nice as well. We got to just really reconnect with the family and spend lots and lots of time with the kids. I I, I mentioned this on social media, but I, I deleted all of my work-related apps from my phone, so I, I didn't have any sort of distractions from social media. I was able to read a lot, spend a lot of time with the kids and with my family, so I'm very grateful for that opportunity, and we're back now. Happy 2021 too as well and and we're ready to to dive back into the world of journalism to bring you the Candace Malcolm show every single day to bring you hard-hitting journalism here at True North we did a fantastic fantastic month in December with fundraising uh, our team just absolutely knocked it out of the ballpark our True North audience really really dug deep and we were able to raise over $250,000 in the month of December It's unbelievable um, totally unprecedented for organization the type of growth that we're seeing It's really exciting. I think the Canadians just really want to have Independent journalism. They don't trust the legacy media. They don't trust the stories that are being pushed out. True North does an incredible job. Our team of reporters and investigative journalists do a great job of not just telling the other side of the story, but also finding stories that aren't being reported by the legacy media, uh, showing a different angle, talking about things that the media isn't, uh, breaking apart a lot of that groupthink and the sort of political propaganda that you get from the legacy media. So people appreciate it. We really appreciate our audience. We love our audience at True North. And 2022 is is going to be a fantastic year for us. So I really appreciate everyone out there who continues to support the Candace Malcolm Show, True North, support our efforts, our journalism. Uh, anyone out there that's listening who made a donation, made a contribution. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's just really exciting what we're building and what we're able to do with the, with the tremendous support that we have out there. All right, so two stories that I want to get to on the podcast today. The first one is the big story, the big news story of the day. Ontario announced yesterday that we are once again going into lockdown. As my colleague Anthony Fury put it, it's two weeks to flatten the curve once again, two years later, and we are back to square one, back with the exact same public policy solution that we had two years ago when we knew nothing about COVID, and that is everybody just stay inside, lock down, we're not going to have anything open, and we're going to try to hopefully curb the spread of covid So Ontario closes schools until January 17th, bans indoor dining and cuts capacity limits. So Ontario announced sweeping new restrictions that will see schools closed to in-person learning until at least January 17th, a ban on indoor dining, gyms shuttered and capacity limits put in place for retail as COVID-19 cases soar in the province. The new restrictions, which also include slashing, gathering limits to five people indoors and 10 people outdoors, comes into place on January 5th and will be in place for 21 days, the government announced. Monday, so no, not two weeks to flatten the curve, three weeks this time. And Ford says that it took him 30 seconds to make the decision. Uh, Here's what that looked like. Uh, You know, this took me about 30 seconds to make a decision. It was a decisive decision, and uh, we're going to make sure that uh, we we go through this and be as cautious as possible and use every tool in our toolbox uh, to sustain not only our health care, but our economy as well. Well, well, it's good to, good to know that Premier Ford is really thinking it through, really putting a lot of thought and energy 30 seconds to make a decision to completely completely destroy the economy once again, close small businesses, people losing their job. Uh, the severity of this lockdown and and it took the premier 30 seconds to make the decision. What a disgrace. What a joke. Well, Ontario is not alone. Quebec has also imposed new rules, imposing a curfew because because everyone knows that COVID strikes at night. That COVID is more dangerous at night after 10 p.m. It just becomes way more viral and you'll get way more sick so 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 that's the justification apparently over in Quebec that you have to have a curfew otherwise more people get COVID uh, try to try to make sense of that restaurants are closing as well and further delays to return to school so Quebec did it first and British Columbia is right there as well we reported on this over the holiday that they banned dancing and partying on New Year's Eve and Christmas they put all kinds of restrictions in as well over the holidays so here we have indoor organized gatherings of any size or not allow. This includes gatherings like New Year's Eve, parties, wedding receptions and other celebrations. Indoor events at venues can only have 50% capacity. That includes events like concerts, sports and movies. Bars and nightclubs are closed. Restaurants, cafes and pubs can only have a maximum of six people per table and must use physical distance and barriers between table. Indoor adult exercise, fitness and dance activities are not permitted. So all of this is because Omicron is here because it spreads because a lot of people are going to catch COVID. And now I just want to read you this is the way that it is being reported in Ontario. So so we're supposed to believe basically the thinking is that Omicron spreads a lot. It's very mild. It doesn't impact people as much in the severe ways as the previous variants as Delta and the previous variant. However, just a sheer number of people getting COVID will lead to more hospitalizations. They estimate that about one in 1,000 people who get COVID will end up in the hospital. And so if all these people are catching COVID, so the thinking goes that, that the hospitals will soon get overrun. But, but let's just pause for a moment and look at the actual numbers, because I think the numbers are incredibly important. And they paint a picture that just shows that this is basically just all complete hysteria. Okay. The province says that there are 1,117 people in hospital as a result of COVID-19. Health officials reported that there were 1,300 hospitalizations with the virus on Saturday. Okay, so we have about 1,300 people in the hospital. Of that, the ICU admissions continue to rise. So, so 224 people are in the hospital, in the ICU, in critical care because of covid a week ago, there were 168 ICU patients. The seven-day rolling average of patients in the ICU sits just under 200. According to the Ontario Hospital Association, 112 patients with COVID are on a ventilator. So keep those numbers in mind, okay? We have a rolling average of about 200 people in the ICU in Ontario. Okay, let's, let's have some facts here. This was the ICU usage in previous waves, and this is according to the Ontario Science Table, which is the authority that Doug Ford relies on. These are the people who give us the information and basically tell us what to do, and as you know, they're very, very pro-lockdown. Okay, so these are their numbers. Okay, so the peak number of patients in the ICU with COVID-related illnesses during the first wave, so this is April 12, 2020, was 283 patients. Next, the peak in wave two, which was January 15, 2021, almost a year ago, there were 450 patients in the ICU, 450. Keep in mind the rolling average right now is just under 200. And the peak of wave three, which was April 30th, 2021, was 940 patients in the ICU. So, 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 so what we're talking about right now is a fraction of what we have been through and what we've lived through. So the idea that we're locking down now because we have almost 200 people on average in the ICU, when at the peak we had nearly a thousand people in the ICU, just begs the question, h- how is the hospital capacity has gone down? Hospital capacity has gone down. We can't even absorb as many people in the hospital and in the ICU as we could seven, eight months ago. It makes no sense. This is just pure, pure hysteria. So we know that Omicron is more mild compared to earlier strains. All of the data that we see out there show that it is. it spreads faster, it's, it's more viral, However, the impact is less. This is over in the National Post. Ford is inflicting pandemic pain but offering little gain. Data shows that about 1% of those infected with Omicron will end up in the hospital, although few of those will need the ICUs. So we're using the most blunt tool that we have in the political toolbox, shutting down the entire economy once again, and yet we're dealing with a strain that isn't even as deadly as before. And as I just demonstrated, the ICU capacity is nowhere near as full as it was seven, eight months ago during the second wave or during the third wave. So again, the politics are completely ignoring the science and the facts here. So in preparing for the show, we're looking for ways to just quantify how much more mild the Omicron variant is compared to previous strains, Delta, and the initial strain. And, you know, one of the interesting things that you see is that the media will report a single death, a single Omicron death as news. So here we see CTV reporting its first Omicron-related death in Kingston, Ontario. Okay, we're we're looking at a disease that over the past two years has killed scores and scores of Canadians, tens of thousands of people, upwards of 20,000. Thousands killed millions of people worldwide, and yet a single death from the Omicron variant makes the news. It, it is a front-page story when one person dies, which, which goes to show you that, that it is not deadly. It's not killing people in the same way that previous waves were Of course, we don't know if there were comorbidities or what the real cause of death in this case is. We just know that the person who died also had COVID and it was also confirmed to be the Omicron case. Even the Globe and Mail here is reporting as COVID-19 cases rise, Ontario studies suggest that Omicron is less severe so it says, in the study, Public Health Ontario compared Omicron cases with symptoms that emerged between November 22nd and December 17th with Delta cases and found that after adjusting for vaccination status and region, the risk of hospitalization or death was 54% lower with Omicron. The agency says Omicron appears to be the first dominant variant to show a decline in severity, but warned that due to its higher transmissibility, the absolute number of hospitalizations and impact on health care is likely to be significant, despite reduced severity so 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 this is good news this is all a good news story it's telling us that covid is mutating and each mutation is getting less deadly that's that's what you want eventually you just want herd mentality you want everyone to have had it to build up the natural immunities and or, or build up immunities through the vaccine if that's what you choose to do and that way we'll be able to fight against it and it won't be a pandemic any longer but rather than seeing this as a good news story, instead, it's like doom and gloom, end of the world. So many people are getting it. we got to lock down. we got to shut down the entire economy, which just shows you the mindset of the politicians and legacy media. They just want to go, 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 go and push doom and gloom until the end of time. Meanwhile, Omicron is subsiding in South Africa. So South Africa, as you know, is where the uh, Omicron variant originated. That's where we first saw it. Well, the good news over there is that Omicron has passed its peak in South Africa, causing relatively few deaths and hospitalizations. According to authorities down there, this is in the Washington Post, It says South Africa appears to have passed the peak of Omicron variant-driven fourth coronavirus wave. The country's cabinet announced Thursday, adding that there were only a marginal increase in fatalities, which remained low compared to previous spikes. The number of infections fell by roughly 30%, just under 90,000 for the week ending in December 25th, Christmas, down from some 127,000 in the prior corresponding period, government data show. The number of hospital admissions has also been significantly lower over the past one and a half weeks. The country's medical system has capacity to provide routine health services, authorities said in a statement Thursday, adding that the government would roll back certain pandemic control measures. And this is reiterated by the World Health Organization, who said that Omicron spreads, but severe cases remain low in South Africa. And finally, Bloomberg, this is really interesting, Omicron may cut Delta infections, South African study shows. So if you're infected with Omicron, it could actually protect you. It gives you strengthened immunity against other more deadly strains, including Delta. So, so so, if you get Omicron, in some ways it's a good thing because then you're more protected, you have more antibodies, so your body's able to fight off the original more deadly and more painful COVID strain in Delta. So there's a couple big takeaways from all of this. I think the first one is at this point, I think that Canadians should universally demand better from our healthcare system. Our healthcare system is rigid, centrally planned, limited capacity, limited funding. It does not offer the flexibility that we need to get through the pandemic. This is completely obvious to anyone paying attention that we just don't have the flexibility needed to deal with a pandemic to deal with surges in the hospitalization rates and the need for icu capacity part of the reason that canada doesn't have a florida where we don't have a Ron santos we don't have a politician willing to just say you know what we're not going to lock down we're not going to take these drastic measures and you know florida's being rewarded for that a million people moved to florida last year canada doesn't have that because we don't have the healthcare system. We don't have the healthcare system to be able to absorb these kinds of shocks. I think at this point, two years into the pandemic, It's time for more people to start talking about this. It's time to see some political courage. It's time to see more conservatives standing up for the idea that our healthcare system needs major reform. Now's a great time to do it. Uh, Here's what my colleague Andrew Lawton wrote over on Twitter. He said, if after two years of COVID, the hospital system is still facing an existential threat, perhaps we should stop listening to the people in charge of that system. That is absolutely right. Now is the opportunity for change, and I wish that more people would champion this cause and and just say enough is enough. We don't want to have this limited, rigid system anymore and, and the second big takeaway is that vaccine passports do not work. This whole idea that all we have to do is get everyone vaccinated and then we'll be able to go back to life as usual, that all of the places that you want to go to, as long as you're vaccinated and you're willing to show the government this piece of ID sh- saying that you're vaccinated, you can have a normal life and, and, and that everything will go back to normal. That has been proven completely wrong. Once again, Andrew lot makes his point over on Twitter. He says, any government that shuts down sectors in which a vaccine passport was previously mandated is admitted the vaccine passports did nothing that's absolutely correct they don't work they don't work because if they did work we wouldn't have to shut down again this is a fatal conceit all the politicians right now Doug Ford Quebec Justin Trudeau by locking down they are simply admitting that their scheme um, their unconstitutional scheme of, of having this vaccine passport these vaccine mandates it doesn't work it doesn't work because if it did work we wouldn't be where we are okay let's talk about Justin Trudeau let's talk about Justin Trudeau because it seems like he's sort of coming undone here is what trudeau tweeted on new year's day he said get your first shot get your second shot get your booster get your kids vaccinated and let's get out of this pandemic for good so again reiterating this idea that all you have to do is get vaccinated vaccinate yourself get jabbed over and over again get your little kids vaccinated and we will get back to normal pushing this idea that vaccinations will end the pandemic that's not true It's not true because most people are vaccinated right now. And here we are going into another wave. We know that a lot of people who have been vaccinated are still catching COVID. They're still i mean how many stories have you heard of people that you know people in your family people in your friend group and your colleagues at work who are vaccinated and yet still got covid because different strains different mutations you're not protected you're not fully protected 100 protected so no this idea that that, that that getting vaccinated will get us back to normal is just not true lauren southern over on twitter made a really good point she said this she said bc is over 90 percent vaccinated and still in lockdown people don't trust you anymore and then and then she has this, these these two pictures so one side is all of things that are promised to people if they get vaccinated saying that that proof of vaccination will allow you to do all these things and then followed by all the things that just got banned on december 22nd so we can go through them so so bc assured you that if you got vaccinated and had a proof of vaccination it would allow you to go to indoor ticketed events indoor patio and dining nightclubs and casinos movie theaters gyms pools and recreational facilities high intensity indoor group exercise indoor organized gathering and indoor recreational classes that of course is all not true because here we go bc same public health organization december 23rd gatherings inside are limited to 10 guests all must be vaccinated no indoor organized gatherings of any size including parties All indoor venues reduced to 50% capacity, adult gym, fitness centers, dance studios closed, bars and nightclubs closed, maximum six people per table at restaurants, all events and venues required to scan the BC Vax code, no sports tournaments. So no, the vaccine passports did not work and no vaccinations will not get us out of the pandemic. Absolutely untrue. Now, second, there's this video circulating online. It's trending all over the place over the holiday. And I'm told that it actually came from September that Trudeau said this on the campaign trail for whatever reason, probably because the interview is in French. This just exploded online over the past few days and there's been so much reaction to it. So I want to show you this clip of Justin Trudeau in French and just, just coming out there angrily saying the worst of the worst possible things about unvaccinated people, just completely unloading on them, othering them, um, demonizing them, doing all the most despicable, horrible things that a prime minister should never do when talking about his own citizens. Um, but, but here is the unhinged clip of Justin Trudeau, and, it, and it's there's subtitles in the bottom in case you don't speak French. But, but here he is saying that unvaccinated people are extremists. They don't believe in science. They are misogynistic. And they are racist. Oui, on va s'en sortir de cette pandémie par la vaccination. Puis on, on en connaît tous des gens qui sont en train d'hésiter un petit peu. On va continuer d'essayer de convaincre. Mais il y a aussi des gens qui sont farouchement opposés à la vaccination. Qui sont extrémistes. Qui ne croient pas dans la science, qui sont souvent misogynes, souvent racistes aussi. C'est un, 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 une petite, un petit groupe, mais qui prend de la place. Et là, il faut faire un choix en tant que leader, en tant que pays. Est-ce qu'on, est-ce qu'on tolère ces gens-là ou est-ce qu'on dit, ben voyons, la plupart des gens, presque 80 % des Québécois, ont fait ce qu'il fallait faire, mm-hmm. se sont fait vacciner, on veut revenir à, à, à aux choses qu'on aime faire, et c'est pas ces gens-là qui vont nous bloquer maintenant. Um, saying that we should not tolerate people who are unvaccinated. I don't know what that means. If you're not going to tolerate someone, what, what, what's the alternative? Like kicking them out of the country, throwing them in prison? What, what exactly is Trudeau saying by that? And and, and then again, just flat out uh, equating equating the unvaccinated with the, the worst of the worst, saying that you must be racist, you must uh, hate minorities, you must hate women if, if you don't want to participate in an experimental vaccine. I mean, this is just really letting the cat out of the bag and there's been huge reaction to it so here is Jordan Peterson saying our Prime Minister's careless words have become internationally scandalous and he links to a Great Britain news segment I'm going to play this segment because it's really really quite good. Neil Oliver is a tremendous uh, speaker and thinker. He's just been incredibly uh, articulate uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, really explaining and articulating some of the biggest problems of our times. And and here he is zeroing in on Trudeau's angry, unhinged rant and, and really dissecting some of the problems here. I'm going to play this right now. Do
1: you think he really believes it, Neil, or is this part of a bullying campaign to shame the unvaccinated into getting jabbed goodness i mean who who can really look look into somebody else's heart into somebody else's head and and say what what they really believe but this is this is a man trained you would think uh, in in media relations you know to the highest level uh, and and he must have you know a good understanding of what happens when you say things in public uh, you know, so it, it must at some level. Although I, I would contend that he's he's angry, and, and some of that was dripping out in his words, I, he would also it would also be calculated and tactical. And and yes, to, to it begins it begins or 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 advances that process of demonising people that you don't agree with. So there's something about the way those people are behaving, something they're doing or not doing that you don't like. Maybe you just don't like those people, uh, but you need to find reasons uh, to legitimize your hatred of them. Uh, and so it, it's not enough for him to say just that these people haven't taken a vaccination that he would prefer that they did. Uh, he's trying to turn the, the, the majority of his population against that group of people. And he's, he's doing that by by seeking to demonize them by saying that they're not just they're not just refusing the vaccine they also hate black people and they hate women and and we know it's all right to and we know it's all right to you know to punish people like that you know so what's next for Justin Trudeau you know does he finally go on television and just say right the time has come let's get them <laughs> you, you know he's he's setting people up as being lesser as being other as being despicable as being guilty of things that are you know that are socially unacceptable misogyny racism and to bolt those crimes onto the fact that there are people out there who are hesitant about an experimental medical procedure I think it's a disgrace. I think it's borderline criminal.
0: So that's that's absolutely right. Sometimes it takes an outsider to look in to be able to properly again articulate and dissect what is happening in this country and what is happening with Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau, frankly, has become unhinged. His his language, his rhetoric, it comes across as hateful, as angry, as ineffective. That's not going to convince anyone to get vaccinated. Calling someone a racist and saying that they're misogynistic if they don't agree with you is the absolute worst way to convince someone to come around to your point of view. So Trudeau is just a lost soul at this point. He has no idea the the way to lead a country, and and it's just really despicable to hear him talking about Canadians that way. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Candice Malcolm, and this is The Candice Malcolm Show.